1: Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, Carol Zerniel, on special assignment today, and we're delighted to have Tina Smith in. She has substituted for Carol on a number of occasions, and we always enjoy talking with her. has a master's degree in gerontology and also works as the uh, Caregiver SOS Manager of Program Services or something like that.
2: Along those lines, absolutely. Along those lines, right. <laughs> we always always enjoy being here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much. And one of the issues that we're going to take up today is very
1: important for, especially for caregivers to understand the kind of medications that uh, the care recipient is taking, the uh, uh, bombardment of ads on television for supplements and for various prescription drugs. How do you know what works? How do you know what doesn't work? What are the drug interactions And guess what? We have an expert in our studio to talk about that. Sarah Ulebeg? Yes. Got it right. Thank you. Sarah Ulebeg earned her Bachelor's of Science in Nutrition and completed her dietetic internship at Texas State University in San Marcos. She's a registered and licensed dietitian in the state of Texas, worked for four years as a clinical dietitian at St. Luke's Baptist Hospital, San Antonio, and as a community dietitian at Meals on Wheels in San Antonio. That's good. You made sure they served nutritious meals. Yes, I did. Well, that's pretty cool. Obtained her Ph.D. in biochemistry at the University of Texas Health Science Center, now UT Health in San Antonio. Earned that in 2012. Joined the Department of Kinesiology, Health and Nutrition, College of Education and Human Development at the University of Texas at San Antonio. And she's been an assistant professor there since 2013. Currently teaches for the Coordinated Program in Dietetics at UTSA. And does research on nutrition related topics. And here's where we get to the important part utilizing her expertise in inflammation, we all got that, <laughs> oxidative stress, ooh, we'll find out what that is, <laughs> dietary supplements, malnutrition, and age related muscle loss. Wow. Wow.
3: You're <laughs> thank one busy you. lady. <laughs> yes, I am. Hey,
1: thank you for coming in. And <laughs> yeah, Tina and I are, are, are not only fascinated by this topic, but appreciate you willingness to give us your time to talk about it. Uh, how did you get interested in the whole drug interaction, uh, the various stress levels, muscle loss, and supplements?
3: Well, I think um, it first started with uh, my bachelor's in nutrition at Texas State. I had an assignment where I had to assess a vulnerable uh, patient, and I picked my grandfather. And when I did his assessment, found out he was taking Many, many supplements, uh, some of them mega dosing that were at dangerous levels. And that's when it first opened my eyes to this uh, dietary supplement world, and I got more interested. In that, and then during my Ph.D., I w- had the opportunity to go to the Office of Dietary Supplements. Uh, they have a dietary research practicum to learn about the regulation of dietary supplements and ha- how to conduct research with dietary supplements. not so, a ton
1: uh, of regulations.
3: No, the the Food and Drug Administration and the Federal Trade Commission have some laws that they follow. Um, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act is one of them, but it, it is limited. They don't... Um, verify the safety of supplements before they go onto the right. market. That's so that's a, law. A, that's a big, yeah. So it's a big um, gap in their regulation, but they are following their, their laws for regulating supplements. I
1: love the uh, disclosure at the very end of those ads. This ad is not intended to cure anything, to suggest we can fix anything. It has anything to do with your health or yeah. wellness. Don't believe anything <laughs> exactly. we said. Exactly.
3: So it's very much put into the consumer's responsibility to do their research and figure out the best dietary supplement for them.
1: But how do you know?
3: Yeah, it's, it's difficult. There's a lot of information out there. And so to go to credible websites, so the Office of Dietary Supplements is a great resource. They have uh, consumer fact sheets on different dietary supplements where it kind of summarizes the research and what you can use them for. Um, and then there's also the National Institutes of Health uh, Complementary and Integrative Health um, they have a lot of information on herbal supplements but I always say start with your physician your health care provider uh, dietitian uh, pharmacists. They have a wealth of information on supplements and then how it may interact with your medications.
1: I used to take like eight trillion supplements. <laughs>
3: so you're like point, my grandfather, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like your
1: grandfather. <laughs> uh, it, it got to the point where my wife said, we don't have any more room in the medicine yes, cabinet. Yes. Figure this out. Yeah. I took stuff for heart. I took stuff for uh, urinary tract. I took stuff for prostate. I took stuff, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Yes. Uh, and I had no idea why I was taking it. But even more importantly, I had no idea if it was doing anything. Yes. No idea.
3: Yeah, and that's the problem. Maybe I needed the (laughs) megadoses your grandfather was on. No, no, no one needs that. Um, So it, it is hard because we don't have a lot of evidence to support their efficacy that they actually work. And that's one of the limitations in the dietary supplement field. Is we need more research. To no support double blind it. studies. Yeah, there's a limited double blind studies. And so that research practicum that I went to um, at the Office of Dietary Supplements talked about that need and how to design studies and how we need more evidence to support their use. Definitely. Part of the problem,
1: of course, and Tina deals with caregivers and, and their families all the time, uh, they don't know what works, what doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing they saw on TV.
2: Well, yeah, oftentimes we find, and we've mentioned this on the show before, is that caregivers, this isn't something people plan for. Mm-hmm. You know, they just kind of find themselves in. And often one of the first kind of jobs, so to speak, they have to do is to start helping their loved one manage medications. Yeah. And, you know, reading these medication names and following the directions, it can be extremely overwhelming, just on top of just having to take over the care of their loved one, but have to manage those medications. I mean, they're almost taking on nursing duties, you know, that they weren't trained for. We're
1: going to come right back to Sarah, but I want to remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron. Tina Smith is filling in for Carol Zernial today, and Sarah Ulebeg is our special guest and is working in the field of, among other things, supplements and dietary Issues and drug interactions. Mm-hmm. Now, what Tina was talking about, of course, is absolutely true. One day you're not a caregiver and the next day you are. Yeah. And all of a sudden you notice Grandpa has got a room full yes. of bottles and liquids and tablets and stuff And and you have no idea what he should take, when he should take it?
3: Yeah, and I think that's definitely a conversation. You know, I know a lot of people have medication lists of what medications they're on. They also need to have a supplement list that they take with them to the doctor to find out, do they even need to be on these? Is it interfering with their medications? Because that is a big problem. We want people to take their medications and them to work for them we want their dietary supplements to also work for them but if they're interacting it could be rendering those medications ineffective or causing harm like increased bleeding which is dangerous not
1: well med they require they don't require they ask as a patient that at your visit you bring all the stuff you're taking yes and your grandpa had to have a uh, shipping luggage, <laughs> a giant steamer crate.
3: Yes. The problem is we find out that there is a percentage of the population where they don't feel comfortable talking to their physician or he- health provider about their dietary supplements. Um, there could be a lot of different reasons. My thought is they, you take dietary supplements based on your own um, Opin- opinion, you're doing it for your health, and you don't want that doctor or physician to tell you not to take it. But I think it's very important to emphasize that they, physicians need to know about it and other health care providers so they can determine, is it, be, is it harmful?
1: When you talk to uh, providers who've made house calls, often they are amazed to find the bottles of pills that are in that house that they never knew about yes
3: yes so it's more of trying to um, be able to educate people to say hey we're not necessarily going to say you can't take these but we need to make sure it's doing the best for you along with your medications
1: now what are the drug interactions that we should be worried about and how do you know about them
3: well, so uh, it's pretty complicated. You can find them on the web, but it's going through a lot of medical jargon. And that's why I always recommend that people take their medications and their supplements to a healthcare provider who can help them sort through all that information. But we do know there are certain medications and certain supplements that are more likely to interact. So... Uh, high blood pressure medication and cholesterol medication. A lot of people are taking those types of medication and there are supplement interactions with them. So, you know, you kind of have to think if you're taking those type of medications and supplements, you should check.
1: You know, it's interesting if you read the disclaimer, tucked in with every prescription you get, you would never take the medicine.
3: Yeah, because every single
1: one, <laughs> and can cause death.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. But you still want it to work for you, and for example, um, calcium is a mineral that inhibits the absorption of a lot of medication. So if you take calcium at the same time as your medication, you're not getting that dose of medication. People
1: take it to counteract osteoporosis.
3: Yes, yes, for bone health. And so sometimes it's not that you can't take the calcium, it's you need to take it at a different time. So sometimes it's more organizing, reorganizing your schedule, which can be complicated enough already. You know, you take this medication at this time and this supplement at this time, but sometimes it's just not taking it at the same time. So a lot of the minerals we found like calcium and iron um, they can interfere with the absorption of certain medicines and then we have certain supplements that can increase the risk for bleeding so if you're already taking blood thinners yeah, I'm on that's eloquist, gonna... for
1: example a blood thinner
3: yes so you would um, you know already taking a medication that thins your blood and then on top of that taking a supplement that thins your blood so uh, vitamin e Uh, fish oil those are ones that all can also thin your blood then you might have a problem actually being able to not stop bleeding which is dangerous
1: yeah not stopping bleeding is not (laughs) good
3: exactly (laughs) i was trying to process that yes
1: (laughs) if you can't stop bleeding you're either a member of the royal family or you're in serious trouble
3: yeah exactly so it can be dangerous so that's why it's very important to have a healthcare provider look at the supplements and the medications and make sure you're not taking too much. So, so
1: how do you maintain your common sense and your uh, sane, sanity knowing all you know about drugs and drug interactions?
3: Um, I, I try to only take what I think I need. So, again, taking what the doctor prescribes and then really doing research on supplements that can benefit you and that have evidence to show that it can, has a potential benefit so really just doing what's necessary
1: you mentioned fish oil and I? I know mm-hmm. when we talked off the air you don't want to get into too specifics yeah. on various supplements yes. but fish oil is an interesting one because uh, there was a window when everyone in the universe said you need to take fish yes. oil <laughs> including your provider you need to take fish oil yeah, yeah. and then like the next day ah you shouldn't be taking fish oil and yeah. now it's back again it's off again how do we know?
3: Sometimes it takes um, the the research that we conduct on these supplements is can be fluctuating. And we really need a body of evidence to support its use. And so it can fluctuate whether to take it or not to take it. Take it into certain situations. Take this much but not too much. So really keeping up with it if you are taking it and finding out what the new recommendations are.
1: We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron along with... Tina Smith, who is pinch-hitting today for Carol Zernial, We're talking with Dr. Sarah Uleweg, who is a uh, assistant professor, Department of Kinesiology, Health and Nutrition, University of Texas at San Antonio. We are excited to bring you the all-new WellMed Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician, and attorney and veteran broadcaster, Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Each week we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. The all-new WellMed Radio. And remember, WellMed Radio, Saturday at 7 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and Sunday at 12 on Freedom, 1160 KRDY. Thanks so much for being with us on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron. Tina Smith filling in for Carol Zerniel today as our co host. And we're talking uh, right here in the studio uh, with a researcher and assistant professor at UTSA, a young woman who knows a lot about medication interactions and supplements, Dr. Sarah Ulevig. And we're so happy to have you here. Thank I you. had mentioned to you off the air, you'd mentioned your grandfather, and uh, he was your test study yes. for a paper you were writing. <laughs> And I didn't want to ask if he had passed away, but you saved his life, got rid of all those supplements.
3: <laughs> I don't know if it, it's my uh it attributed to me, but yeah, he just had his 90th birthday this last summer. Oh, that's cool. Summer, yes.
1: And, and you were also saying that it wasn't easy to wean him off his yes. supplements.
3: Yes. So, you know, people are choosing to take these supplements because to better their health or maintain their health. And so... um it's very hard sometimes to convince people not to take a take a supplement, and it did take me a while and a lot of literature and showing him materials to say, "Hey, this this could be harmful for you." And again, trying to also say you can still take these that have shown some benefit, but really these others need to be removed.
1: Because anecdotally, he thought they
3: were helping. Yes, yes, it, and that's a little bit of the placebo it's effect. Kind of like a placebo, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, where he thought there was some benefit um to them, you know, cuz they said, "Oh, it's going to help my liver. It's going to help this." And then, you know, he thinks that it's helping them.
1: There's one that's advertised now very heavily uh talking about memory and memory loss. Mm-hmm. And and the line that gets me is I don't know why anyone would even take it, made from jellyfish.
3: <laughs> well, you know, there's I,
1: nothing nice about a jellyfish.
3: <laughs> no, it it's that whole uh came from nature, natural type right. thing that exactly. it wasn't made in a lab and so that's actually one of The warning signs are how not to get sucked into buying some of these supplements is it's all natural. Like it's not going to hurt you. And we have natural poison. So really it's not just because it says it's natural or comes from a source where – You feel trusted doesn't mean it's going to benefit you. It's
1: like cobras are natural.
3: Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of uh, poisonous plants. And so saying that all herbal supplements are going to be good for you because they're natural isn't really true.
1: Well, the advertising is a concern then.
3: Yes. Yes. And actually, um, there is the Federal Trade Commission does... Um, monitor advertising just in in general but also for dietary supplements Um, but it's again it's after it comes to market so they don't approve advertising before so you could be getting false advertisement before those companies are caught so it can't be a supplement can't uh, cure prevent or treat any disease that is not part of its definition if that if if it's does any of that, then it's considered a medication by the FDA.
1: All you have to do is think about the guy on the back of a wagon in the 1800s, this little jar of elixir is going to cure whatever ails you.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I teach uh, dietary supplement um, safety for older adults at Oasis. Oh, that's and, cool. And we talk about how they usually have a very trusting medical professional in a lab coat. Talking Always about... with a uh, stethoscope around their <laughs> Yes, neck. exactly. I have a picture of one that's very trusting and talking about how it's all natural, get it quick, It's going to cure all your ales, and those are big warning signs, red flags for supplements.
1: And for those who fall for it, there are risks,
3: real risks. There could be, because there are supplements that have found to be tainted, um, they call it adulterated, with dangerous substances, including prescription medication. Um, And so there is the categories that are at most risk for being tainted or. Uh, weight loss supplements, uh, bodybuilding supplements, and sexual enhancement supplements. And the FDA does put up warnings and also lists supplements who have been removed from the market.
1: Sexual enhancement meaning better than Viagra. Yes,
3: exactly. And we
1: ship it to your door.
3: Yes, yes. So those three categories are the most likely to have substances and dangerous substances in them. You
1: mentioned advertising and and the Mm -hmm. people who write advertising are so incredibly creative. Often we wish they were doing good for society, but hey, it's a job. (laughs) And I remember uh, when Geritol used to be advertised uh, as a supplement that really could do everything you needed for you, and they finally, because the FTC kept going after them, they came up with the advertising line, Geritol because <laughs> that
3: was I it i don't know yeah that's very uh, general it, i know yeah uh that's funny but yeah the ftc did, does monitor that and can you know get get on supplement companies to remove that dangerous marketing so,
1: so in the work you do you do work with seniors through oasis yes
3: yes yes and also through senior nutrition centers uh, apartment uh complexes that have senior sites Um, Also, Meals on Wheels of San Antonio, I've worked with them before on senior health issues, so yes, definitely. And
1: and when you talk to these groups and Mm -hmm. you open it up for questions, what's the most frequent – you're smiling because you know the answer – what's the most frequent – question that these older folks ask you.
3: Well, a lot of times it's asking about specific supplements that they're taking um, for them help, for their health. Like, have I heard about this? Is it good? Um, that type of thing. They're all, a lot of times amazed that supplements aren't regulated and, and very concerned. Um, and so it's, it's very much um, talking about their individual supplements that they're interested in.
1: And when they hear you give them the straight skinny
3: I think, again, I'm I'm hoping that a lot of them are now educated and could make good decisions about their supplements because another thing that I talk about is where could you go to find good supplements if you, let's say, decided that you wanted to take a mineral supplement or an herbal supplement, where could you go?
1: It's not an oxymoron, good supplements.
3: (laughs) I guess so, or maybe a supplement that you feel – comfortable taking, even though the FDA hasn't monitored its safety, that maybe it's been independently verified. And so that's what we're looking at. Has it been independently verified to actually contain what it says on the label?
1: Well, they must sell because when you walk into uh, an HEB or any other large retailer, there are shelf after shelf after shelf of supplements.
3: Yes, it's a billion dollar industry.
1: Billion dollars.
3: A billion dollars.
1: And I remember going into uh, Sprouts one day, and they even had people stationed in the supplement section who worked for some of the supplement companies. Yes. And recommending, th- oddly enough, their supplements. It, it
3: can get dangerous, and that's another red flag. If they're trying to sell something to you, you should be a right. little con- you know, cautious about it. Um, also, um, it, it can be overwhelming going and shopping for supplements. It's huge. Actually, as part of my class for my dietetic students, I actually have them go out and shop for supplements, um, as part of an assignment so they can be able to relate to consumers who are out shopping for supplements. What do you have them look for? Uh, well, depending, they're assigned different supplements. We do a lot of the vitamin and mineral supplements to start off with. And then also we move on to herbal supplements.
1: And there are some supplements that uh, people will absolutely swear by. Yes. You need to try this. A- at some of the, and Tina is involved in all of the well met senior centers. Uh, a lot of the seniors will be sitting around uh, talking about, well, I take this or I take this, and they'll be sharing medication. Oh. Nobody encourages that, but no. you know, I got a few of these pills left over. You ought to try it because, boy, it really works. Oh. Really. And people will do that. They will do that
2: yeah it's it's tough because I mean, you hear from your friend that this worked for them, and so you know you because they're over the counter, we don't have that perception of worrying about what kind of yes. uh, you know what kind of impact it's gonna have it's over the counter it must not be that that strong or or whatever, so it can be. Easily, you can easily be led down that path to think that it's not going to have an impact on other areas. Of course,
1: arsenic used to be over the counter.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and that's where I think education comes
3: into play, and going into these arenas where seniors interact with each other and talk about the potential dangers of of doing that. But a lot of times, it is by word of mouth. Uh, When I went to one senior center, they talked about how uh, some seniors talking about how they take prenatal vitamins and that's actually probably potentially dangerous for prenatal see c- c- and even older- though
1: they're not about to be natal
3: no <laughs> and there's a large amount of iron and prenatal supplements that are needed for pregnant women but could be potentially dangerous or harmful for older adults so a lot of times it's having those conversations about taking supplements that are for the specific age group and making sure that um, a lot of times the word-of-mouth thing, you know, that the, they need to be cautious and take where they get their supplements from from a healthcare care provider. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: I always thought, because many people when they go to donate blood, uh, they're turned down because they're low on iron. Yes. I always thought, can you have too much iron? And I guess you can. <laughs>
3: yes, you can. And you don't want to be taking iron unless you're directed by a Interesting. medical professional. Yeah. So
1: we've got a couple of minutes left. What haven't we asked you that you would like to talk about?
3: <laughs> Great question. Um, I think we've covered all the bases about regulation and um, medication interaction. So I would just want to emphasize that. Make sure you're taking your medications and your supplements to your health care provider to make sure there's no interaction. And then doing your research to make sure that you're going to uh, get the benefit out of your supplements and that it's not going to harm you. That's always you want to have some benefit and not have any harm for now,
1: it. You also said something, and I know Tina heard this as mm-hmm. well, that's very interesting. Uh, people are secretive very often yes. about some of the supplements they're taking. Yeah. And so they don't share that with their provider.
3: Yes. And so that's getting that over the hump to say, we want to do this for benefit to where we can have the medication and the supplement work for you. And we need to evaluate that because if they're not working for you, we need to make some changes, whether it's taking it at different times or changing the supplement out for something else.
2: And I also just kind of want to highlight or just point out that you you need to share your entire list of medications and supplements with every single doctor. Yeah, Not just what you think you know that you yes. relate to your heart or, <laughs> or whatever you need to share with every doctor.
3: And you can also, uh, me being a dietitian, we, we do that as well where we can examine that. Uh, pharmacists so other healthcare professionals can also help out with that as well. How
1: did you end up as a dietitian?
3: Uh, that was actually my first love. That's why I got my bachelor's in nutrition. Right. I just I love the science of nutrition, and that's why I ended up getting a PhD in biochemistry because I really love <laughs> the molecular level. Not many people like that, but um, so it's it's always been a passion of mine.
1: It's interesting. The other day on Woman Radio, we were doing a show on uh, various bacteria, MRSA, and others that mm-hmm. are so infectious and. and uh, Dr. Joshua Beck, who's co-host of that show with me, uh, pulled up some uh, photographs on his iPhone of some of those bacteria, and they're really gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the staphylococcus bacteria, are colors of green and blue, just yeah. beautiful.
3: That's the same way I feel about molecules. So I know not everybody has the same, <laughs> same love for it. Uh, I teach an integrated metabolism class where I, I torture students, but I love it. So. Now, do
1: you dream? Of molecules? No, no,
3: I haven't dreamt of any. Not that's a new one. I haven't dreamt of any. But that's pretty I really cool. en- enjoy it. Now if
1: folks wanted to get a hold of you to invite you to speak to their group. How do they get you?
3: Um so uh, pretty much email would be great. Uh Sarah.ulavig at utsa.edu. would be And if be, I
1: were uh, spelling Ulevig?
3: U <laughs> L L E, V as in Victor, I, G is in George.
1: Just like it sounds. Yeah. Ulevic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Hey, thanks so much for coming yes, in. We really appreciate
3: you. it. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: For Tina Smith, I'm Ron Aaron. Carol Zernial on assignment today. Tina doing a great job filling in. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS on air.